Hi, and welcome to the podcast from Knox Presbyterian Church in McDonald's Corners, Ontario. Knox is part of a three-church charge between Elfin, Snow Road, and McDonald's Corners. Each Sunday, there's a 9.30 a.m. service in Elfin or Snow Road, and then again at Knox in McDonald's Corners. If you are able to join us next week, we'd love to see you at one of our services. If not, we hope this reaches you wherever you are. This audio recording is from the 11 a.m. service with Pastor Philip Roblard. For more information, please contact us on our Facebook page. All right, and now I will bring up the uh, screen share to get things started. Is Caleb around, love? I will need his help. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to service. Uh, today is September 6th, and Philip and Catherine are both away for a holidays this week and next week. So I will be uh, helping out to make sure that our service keeps going. We're going to open up with the uh, call to worship. I'm just waiting for my call to worship partner to come help. <laughs> All right, so I will, uh, for the call to worship, I will be the leader and uh, Tracy will be the people. Sisters and brothers, we come together to worship God who offers us freedom through our Lord Jesus Christ. For Christ has set us free from sin and death that we might live in God's glory and praise. We have not received a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. We have received the living Christ, that we might be children of God. Come, Come, let let us worship worship our Lord. All right, amen. So we're going to uh, start off with that theme of freedom with the uh, song Forever. setting sun is 
in prayer as we uh, move forward with the service. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this life and for all that you've given us. We thank you that your love endures forever and that your grace and, and your kindness and all of your attributes of love are available to us now and forever. We thank you for the weather and we thank you for the sun. We thank you for another beautiful day. I pray that you'd be with the uh, folk who are not with us today, that you'd uh, bless them on this Sunday, and that you'd bring a little light and reminder of your love to them today. We thank you for answered prayer for Sylvia Lynch, who's got a good report about her cancer over the past week. Thank you, Lord. There's many of us in our congregation and in our families and our communities who are dealing with health issues, and we thank you that you do carry us through that you support us, that you wrap your love around us, and that you help us either cope or you help us get better. We pray that you'd be with, uh, with those in our community who are sick, with uh, Crystal Brady and Hazel, Peter and Harvey, Joe, Fred, Michael, Rob, Matthew, Earl, and Stan. We pray that you'd also be with uh, Bob, and, and be with him this week. And I pray that you'd be with uh, Mark Stronach's family and those uh, from Faith Community as he passed away this past Sunday. I pray that you'd be with them and remind them that you are always with them and that you are full of love and care and can provide all of their needs. I pray that you'd be with our folk who are, who are in retirement homes and can't be with us this Sunday. I pray that some of them would be able to call in but I pray that you'd be with them, remind them that you are always there. That you'd be with Judith and Isabel, Fran, Norma, Audrey, Eleanor, Donna, and Lori. We once again thank you for this life. We thank you for this day, for its blessings and for its trials, and how you continually remind us that you are forever with us and that you always care. And now we pray in the way that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive others. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, and our next song is hymn number 350, To God Be the Glory. So for today, kids, I need your help. 
So for today, for uh, children's time, uh, we're going to sing a song that I learned when I was uh, just a young boy. Uh, back when I was a boy, we used to go to uh, VBS at the church that I grew up in. And uh, one, sun one summer, we learned this song called The Fruit of the Spirit. And the kids and I have been singing it together the past couple weeks. And um, for me, this was a big song in that it it was so catchy that I rem I carried these words with me through uh, through all of my years growing up, and it was it was a little bit of a, a song that helped to guide me of who I wanted to be and how I wanted to act. Um, you know, sometimes it's uh, it's easy in church to remember the lessons and to remember the truth and to remember things like the fruit of the spirit, but it sometimes becomes a little more difficult when you get out to the parts of life that you don't that you don't recognize as church when you're at school when you're hanging out with your friends when you're playing you don't necessarily remember those lessons and this song helped as a little bit of a reminder to me that uh when i didn't quite know how i should act you know sometimes as a as a kid you don't know whether or not you should be upset angry or sad or uh compassionate or loving and um and this, uh, this song really helped me remember all of the words. So we're going to learn it this week, and we're also going to sing it again next week as it ties into the, uh, the sermon that I'll be uh, sharing with all of you. Isla, can you come give us a hand? You don't need to change the page. You guys can just come up here and sit beside me. Hopefully that song is uh, is catchy to you, and we'll sing it again next week so that you all know it. Because even though it is a kids' song, it does uh, it does help us hold on to, uh, to to the truth and a reminder of what the fruit of the spirit is, what what the essence of God's love looks like in our life. 
Okay, as we go to um, as we go to the uh, to the scripture, we're going to uh, start off with a prayer that we can uh, say in unison. I'll lead it off. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, and in your truth find freedom, and in you we will discover peace through Christ our Lord. Amen. So this morning's sermon and uh, scripture is all around Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 to 15. Now, as we go through, uh, I'm going to read the scripture, but I'm going to pause a few times and, and speak to what's going on here in, uh, in Galatians. So at this point, uh, Paul has gone to the city of Galatia and, and set up a church. And he's, made, uh, and he's helped convert many people into Christians, uh, both Gentiles and Jews. And then he built the church and he left it behind for the, uh, for, the, for the church to grow and for them to continue on with the mission of Christ. So coming into chapter 5, Paul is writing back to the church and he says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, then you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you try to make yourselves right by God by keeping the law, you've been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. So we're going to pause there and, uh, and, and speak to that a little bit. So, so right now, we've, we've, kind of, we've gone through a, a time where Paul has gone to, the, Paul and the other disciples are going throughout all the land and they're spreading the gospel, the good news of Jesus that whether or not you are a Jew or Gentile, whether or not you are considered slave or free, whether you're rich or you're poor, that Christ's grace is available to all, that everybody can be saved. And it's not just reserved for, for, for God's people, the, uh, the Jewish community, but it's for everybody. And it's available to everybody if they accept Christ, if they thank him and, and ask for his forgiveness, and they follow him as their Lord and Savior. But what Paul finds here is that back in the back in the church here in Galatia, that that some of the old habits of the Jewish people are coming back in, and they're saying, "Hey, it's it's great that you've all decided to follow Jesus, but wouldn't it also be better if we followed the laws of Moses? Wouldn't that make us better Christians?" And it went as far as as people uh, to suggest that if they wanted to be pure and clean and good Christians, that they would follow all the laws, including being circumcised. And, uh, you know, that might be an easy debate to be had with a child, but it's a little harder to try and convince the grown man that he should do that or allow that to happen. Uh, I think that that's, a, that that's why sometimes there's fighting in church because people suggest some such wild things. And I'm not going to suggest that for our church. I don't think we should go down that road. I think it's not the right path. I think we'll stick with grace. So we're at a place here where, where Paul is saying that you choose one or the other. It's not both. 
you either choose to live by grace and accept that Jesus has died for your sins, that you are a sinful person, but that you can accept grace, that you can accept Jesus' love, and you can live forward in that freedom. Or you can, you can become a, a Jew, uh, you can follow the Jewish law, you can follow what was written in the Old Testament, you can become circumcised, and you can live through those deeds and hope that you do enough good things, that you follow the law closely enough, and you, and you give enough sacrifices that at the end of your life, that God will see that as a, a sufficient enough sacrifice. And just to put this in context, I mean, I think that the circumcision one that they talk about is kind of the, is, is definitely the scariest one or one of them. But there were uh, over 900, or sorry, over 613 commandments in the Old Testament that you would have to live by, plus another thousand more rules in the Talmud. So there's over 1,600 rules, which, I mean, it is hard to remember uh, more than a dozen rules at a time, uh, let alone 1,600. And that's why there was such a structure of, of church officials and experts of the law, because there had to be. There were so many things that you could do wrong that I, I can only assume that, that everybody was under some sort of... Uh, fear and anxiety of the expectations to follow God and be a believer. And then all of a sudden Jesus shows up and says, hey, uh, you are a sinner. All beings are sinners, but you have a choice to, to step into my grace and accept the sacrifice that I gave and be given eternal life and love. So now we're going to jump back to the uh, scripture, and now we move over to, to, uh, to verse 5. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. I'm going to repeat that again because we're going to circle back to this. This to me is a, is a really big part of this, uh, this uh, section of scriptures. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You are running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God. For he is the one who is calling you to freedom. The false teacher teaching is like a little yeast, a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing such false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that these troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. That might be one of the strongest statements that I can remember reading of Paul, that he is so upset by these, by these leaders coming back into the church and saying, hey, now that you're all Christians, 
here's the rules and the, and the Talmud that you need to follow to be a true believer and follow God in the way that he, that he wants you to. And, um, and Paul is so upset about, about this suggestion that to be, that to be a believer, you need to be circumcised that he hopes that they just go mutilate themselves. Uh, I don't know if I, if I would, if I necessarily have the, uh, have the boldness to make such a statement, but that's uh, that's pretty strong. That's how upset Paul is when he's writing back to the church. And this is how strongly he feels that, you know, the church was running the race so well that, that everybody was following so well. And now they're being distracted that they're being pulled away from, uh, from what the, from what they should do, from what they should be living, from the freedom that Jesus had provided them by being caught up in the laws and the rules and the expectations. It's quite the summary to think that, that like yeast spreading through a dough, that one or two people can spread through a whole community and, and cause such, such anxiety, can cause such disruption, can so cause such confusion. But Jesus calls us to live in freedom. I'm going to read the, um, actually, we'll, we'll save the last little section here. And we're going to circle back in a second to verse 5. So all this, Paul is trying to remind the church. He's trying to re-rally the church to say, remember when I came and I preached the gospel of Christ that everybody, no matter where you came from, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, can accept freedom, can accept grace through Jesus' love and sacrifice. That's amazing. And when we think about freedom, we, I think we can all imagine what freedom feels like. You know, my head, if I lay back and I close my eyes and I want to imagine what freedom feels like, it might feel like, I don't know, what do you think, Trace? Um, running through a field with sun out and it's beautiful, or for those of you who don't want to run, uh, reading a book on a nice autumn day with nothing else going on, no worries, no concerns. Maybe it's snuggling one of the puppies that we show off on the camera every week. Uh, something that makes me feel free and happy is driving down the road with a coffee. Uh, I love it when we have to uh, go out and I get to pick up a coffee and Tracy gets to wipe it down with all the antibacterial stuff so nobody gets me sick. And then I get to drive down the road drinking a coffee. Maybe freedom is that blissful feeling of falling in love. It's beautiful. It's easy. It feels full of life. Some of us get glimpses of that throughout our day or once a month or once every few weeks. But we can all imagine what freedom feels like. But what we all definitely know is what it feels like to not feel free. In this life, we know what it feels like to be stressful. We know that life is hectic. We all have uh, fears and concerns around COVID-19. Uh, I mean, if you think about going to town or going into a store, you've got a checklist of, okay, what do I need to do to, to follow the rules, to keep myself safe, to keep others safe, to, uh, I need to remind myself about social distancing and keep my hands in my pocket so I don't touch anything except for what I'm going to uh, take with me. And then when I leave, I've got to do hand sanitizer. And, and there's, um, 
going, doing most things in life aren't free. There, there's a level of responsibility and expectations. We also all know or all can imagine or all have felt a time where going to church or being within the church family or our own family doesn't always feel like freedom. Sometimes it feels like, like we're being judged or that we're not doing enough or that we're not measuring up or that we're not living the right life that we should be. This is uh, similar to 2000 years ago, how there are rules and expectations. Um, and you know, some things, you know, society comes with a set of rules for our all, for all of our best good. Uh, you know, we have laws about how fast we can drive on the road and that we have to pay taxes and, and other things that go towards the overall society, keeping everybody safe. And those are, those are good rules. They're not rules about whether or not we can live. They're rules about how we live within each other for the best of our friends and families and neighbors. But the rules and the laws in the Bible, those are, those were rules that if you don't, if you don't meet this expectation, you don't get to be considered one of God's people. You don't get the eternal life that, uh, that God was promising in the Old Testament or, or uh, life everlasting. So let's pause for a second. First of all, I take a sip of coffee. This is, this is where we are. Um, we know based on the Bible's teaching that we should live in freedom. But then we also know the uh, life and society and work and school rules and restrictions and expectations. Some are good, some are very good. Some of them cause anxiety. Some of them cause us to live in fear, which then impacts our ability to live in freedom. And I'm sure that if I removed mute right now that each one of you would have an example of where you felt like you're not living in the freedom that Paul's talking about, in the freedom that Jesus offers us. So that's why I called out verse five, which I think is a very important verse because sometimes we get hung up where we read a, a portion of scriptures that says, that says something and then we look at our lives and they don't match. Paul's talking about living in freedom often we don't feel free. So what, what, what's, the, what's the disconnect? What's the delta? But verse five says, but we who live in the spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness that God has promised us. But we who live by the spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. Interesting. So Paul isn't saying that, hey, now that you're Christians, you are righteous. He is saying that as Christians, as followers of Christ, we live and we wait to eagerly receive by faith this righteousness. That in the future, we will be righteous. That we work towards being righteous, but we're not there yet. And that, that coincides a little bit with Freedom, you know, uh, freedom, righteousness, they're not, it's not necessarily a present state 
or something that's static in our life because life is not static. Uh, our feelings about life and society and COVID and stresses are much different, at least for my family, two weeks ago than it is now. Because now we're thinking, hey, uh, school started in the next week and a half. And there's a lot that we've got to think about. There's a lot of unknowns. We've got a few uh, teachers on uh, that go to our church that are very brave. And we appreciate their willingness to, to step back into that role and help teach our kids how to safely live under the new rules and expectations. So prior to Christ coming, prior to these folk being Christians, anybody who wanted to follow God would have been following the rules, following the law of Moses and the Talmud. And the church was filled with legalist teachers who would be so focused on perfectionism, it wasn't anything about, there wasn't any room for grace or love or accepting people how they are. It was all about you do this, you do that, or you're out. And to perfectly follow all of these rules and expectations is, well, I mean, knowing that we've all been that we all are sinners, we know that out of the gate, we've, we've lost that race. We're not able to live a perfect and, and blameless life. And even if we could from now, me knowing myself, I don't think I, I could live the rest of my life perfect and blameless. I hope that I could. Uh, I mean, I, I think that each of us, when we look in the mirror and when we think about who we are, we all think we're pretty good versions of ourselves. We all think we're doing pretty good, we're pretty loving, we're pretty kind, we have pretty good thoughts, we attend church most of the time, most of you are still paying attention to the sermon. We all think that we're pretty good. But just like righteousness, and just like freedom, we are constantly working on a path to towards being better towards being more Christ-like, towards being more love, towards being more, more reflective of the fruit of the Spirit. We look back at the death of Christ while we were still sinners. We feel the immensity of his love and how Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. Then we turn away from that and we look towards life and work and school and the uncertainties of things ahead. And despite these uncertainties uh, and the restrictions and the anxieties that we feel in life, we still need to remind ourselves that Jesus is here to give us grace and love and help us move towards freedom in him. We can't get away from life's rules and life's stresses, but we can break free from the rules of church. We can break free from the things that weigh us down spiritually and remind us that, that Jesus would like us to feel free, to live in freedom, to live in the freedom and work towards our future righteousness in faith. Paul set the stage here. He's made it very clear that we're not to get caught up in all of the layers of rules and expectations and you do this, you don't do that. If you did that, you're a bad person. All the things that end up leading to bitterness and hurt and division in churches. 
Paul says to look away from all that and turn your eyes towards the grace and the love of Jesus and help that guide how we live. Help that guide how we, how we approach our, our church life, our church family, and then help that extend out into the real world. Help us acknowledge that, that there are uh, uncertainties outside of our life and within our life that, that grace and kindness and love help us to better handle them and help us to show more empathy towards others. So moving into verses 13 and 14, Paul gives us a little bit of action. He reminds us that we've been, that we, the church, whether it's Galatia or whether it's Knox or whether it's Elfin or Snow Road or whether it's Faith, that we were called to live in freedom. And it's kicking off in verse 13. For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summoned up at one command. Get this, the whole law. You know, we talked about the 613 laws of Moses and the over a thousand laws in the Talmud that, that, the, that, the, that prior to Christ, everybody was trying to live towards and that everybody was being judged against and measured on. But here, the whole law is summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that, that is the first step towards freedom in Christ. You know, we have to, we accept that Jesus died for us, that his grace is sufficient and available to us. And that we step forward toward in that freedom and towards that righteousness with this one command that summarizes it all, love your neighbor as yourself, for it is all about love. Amen. So we're going to uh, wrap up today's service with one last song, How Great Is Our God. I'll uh, switch it over and here comes my helper to uh, make sure that we move pages.
God, we thank you for this day and for this time that we've all had together. I pray that you be with your church, be with your people, be with our families and all of our loved ones. I pray that your grace will be over us over this next week and remind us how to live in your love and how to live in your freedom. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And I will uh, remove mute. Oh, there's the Roy's, and you're all unmuted. Thank you all for coming out to service today. Thank you for tuning into this week's service. Again, we would love to have you join us at one of our two Sunday morning services. First at 9.30 in either Elfin or Snow Road. We alternate week, over, week after week throughout the summer, and then in the winter, we're only in Elfin. And then again at 11 a.m. in McDonald's Corners. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or call us at the number in the bulletin. We hope to hear from you soon and we hope that this message has reached you wherever you are.